Hello, friends. Welcome again to the DDP. It's the 28th day of November. I'm Paul. Thanks for joining me as we go Luke chapter 4, and we turn into verse 21 today. Yesterday, we had Jesus closing the book, closing the scroll of Isaiah after having read from what we call Isaiah 61.1, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. We spent several days dealing with that. He closes it, gives it back to the attendant, sets down. And then verse 20 ends by telling us that the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. Just another way of saying that people are amazed. They're, they're staring at him. They, they, even the way he read was something special. And then he says this in verse 21, and he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And this is the moment that Jesus really crosses over into the point of no return in in some ways because you know he's he's had his baptism but at his baptism the the voice that spoke was the voice from heaven John the Baptist did the preaching here comes the lamb of god that takes away the sin of the world <clears throat> the general public doesn't know about the temptation in the wilderness that's not public knowledge that Jesus has been dealing with the devil for 40 days in the wilderness John has him turning the water to wine at a wedding in Cana as his first miracle. We don't know where that falls on the timeline, but I'm making the assumption here that Jesus has come out of the wilderness back to Nazareth. This is early in his ministry, uh, and, and that maybe we haven't seen the miraculous yet. But this statement that today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing is Jesus crossing the line, the point of no return? Because if this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing, then the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Is Jesus inserting himself as the me? Because in Isaiah, that's how it reads. Isaiah doesn't say the spirit of the Lord will be upon this guy someday and he will do these things. It's Isaiah speaking as if it was him. And so Jesus is taking the scroll of Isaiah and reading it not as a historical event or as something that happened in their past that they can learn from. He's reading it and then inserting himself in. Today, this scripture is fulfilled. That's a, a, a way of saying it's done. This is it. We, Paul uses this phrase in, when he's in Antioch and he's preaching about Jesus and he says they hung him on a tree and when all that was fulfilled had been done, they took him down and put him in a tomb. And on the third day, he rose again. So Paul uses that phrase. That's a very sort of Jewish way of saying all the prophecies concerning that event were done. There's no more. We don't have to look for someone to die on a cross and raise from the dead anymore. When Jesus says today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing, he's saying it's done. We don't have to wait on the spirit of the Lord to anoint someone to do this stuff it's done. And and the big shot is not simply that he's saying the Spirit of the Lord's upon me. The big shot is that he's proclaiming Jubilee. He's proclaiming the year of the Lord. That causes the crowd in verse 22. I think this is a phenomenal moment. All bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not 
Joseph's son. Now, why this strikes me is because if you'll notice in verse 20, the eyes of everyone are fixed on him. That means they are mesmerized by what they've just seen. He declares the scripture to be fulfilled. Everyone bears witness, meaning they all know him. They all recognize him for who he is. They marvel at how he is speaking, but then they argue against what they feel by saying, is this not Joseph's son? So is this not Joseph's son? Is their intellect pushing back against their spirit, which happens to all of us from time to time, where our spirit man tells us one thing, but our natural mind, our our human nature pushes back and goes, well, that's just not the way things work. That can't be. This is how we deny the miraculous a lot. It's how we... uh, it's how we miss out on something that the Lord wants to say to us because we're listening to the other thing is that we we rationalize it. And so here they have in front of them, them the one whom the Spirit of the Lord has anointed him. The acceptable year, the year of Jubilee has been declared. They sense it. They feel it. They, they felt it when he closed the book. All their eyes were fastened on him. It identifies with everything they've ever thought prophetically is true. And yet their pushback is, well, it can't be him because we know him. This is Joseph's kid. And they're bringing their assumptions to the table because what they're saying is we've always assumed this would happen. But A, we didn't think we'd actually know the person. And B, it has to be someone of higher social order and pedigree. Joseph, you know, Joseph's a carpenter. He's just some dude. This can't be, this can't be how this happens. Is that just the kid of some guy here in, from Bethlehem, from Nazareth? We all know Joseph. If this is Joseph's son, he can't be the one. And missing Jesus because our expectations are wrong is not a new phenomenon. We do it all the time, but it's a very old habit of missing what you should see because you're looking for something else. We've talked about this before. It's a theme that seems recurrent here early in the Gospel of Luke. I call this the moment of awe, a moment when they've seen and heard something awe-inspiring, like the word awesome. And they go from awe to vehement wrath and anger in only a matter of verses. It's an, it's one of the most remarkable turnarounds in Scripture. If you want to hear a whole sermon I did on this, look up the message from awe to anger. We did it a couple of years ago, and it'll be, you can look, all, you can always, if I ever recommend a sermon, the easiest way to find it is just to Google the title and then my name. Uh, from awe to anger, put Paul White, you'll find it. Um, I think that's one that will set you up for what's going to be the essay in a couple of days. Tomorrow, we're going to, Jesus responds to them questioning he's Joseph's son, but he responds in a very interesting fashion. And then that'll lead us into the fullness of the essay in a couple of days. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless.